Hey everybody, welcome back to Jeff Needs Sports. Tonight I've got my my partner back. I got Dan Felton back, and we're doing the NFL playoff report. And here we go. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Dan, you're back. Um, I am. I just want to open the show with saying I think the jinx is over. This is two sh- this this is two shows in a row that yep. I haven't that I haven't ruined your weekend. Right. <laughs> so right. so for, so for anybody that doesn't know, this is I think this is our fourth show of the the football season. We kind of try to yep. do it every every couple months. And the first couple, me and Dan scheduled a show, and his beloved Rams lost the week that we scheduled a show. Yeah. And so so now there's an unspoken jinx that we don't talk about. So me and Dan won't text each other about doing a show until after the Rams victory of whatever the most recent week is. So it's yeah. like I could tell all weekend, Dan, I was like, okay, no, we're going to do a show next week, but I know he's not going to say it and I'm not going to say yeah. it. I'm certainly not going to say it. So I wake up tuesday morning at whenever i get up for work on eastern standard time like uh, we'll say five in the morning and the first the first text i have is okay we can talk about the show now <laughs> so anyway congratulations to the rams and i'm glad Thank to you. have you back on man this it's gonna be a lot of fun uh, i'm glad to be back jeff i and yeah it's it's sort of turned into a nice little unspoken tradition now that it's just i'm not gonna we're not booking a time until <laughs> until we're clear and even like even when they were up like 28 to nothing or something i was like no so uh, no let me tell you a little story dan so earlier in the season about midway through the season a lot of people remember this was a monday night game or yeah i think it was a monday night game the ball or i called them the baltimore colts indianapolis that's how old i am everybody so fuck (laughs) off um the indianapolis colts are throttling the baltimore ravens and so I get in the chat room in the Off the Ball Network, and a friend of ours, uh, Stewart's in there. He's a huge Colts fan. Yeah. And um, I said something about, wow, the Colts look really good or whatever. And he's like, oh, don't say anything, Jeff. Don't jinx it or whatever. And I, I actually text basically to the effect of, don't worry, Stuart. There is no possible way that the Baltimore or that the Baltimore Ravens are going to outscore the Colts by 25 in the next couple quarters. You're good. Yeah. I go to sleep. Uh, thinking game's over. I get up the next morning, Ravens and Lamar Jackson pull out a victory. I immediately had to apologize. So therefore, I would never do that again. I The other night, I wanted to text so bad because no. it was obvious. It was obvious. Like, we can look back now. Of course it was, but it doesn't. It, I, I mean, you have to remember that this was la- the two weeks ago against San Francisco. They were they were up 17. Well, it was over. Yeah, it was. It looked like we had locked it down, and then of course, you know, the the uh, San Francisco 49ers are on a are on a murderous hellbent revenge spree of. Getting We've talked about it all year. I, I, we're getting ahead of ourselves, yeah. but we'll, we'll get to that later. We talked about it all yeah. year, like San Francisco does not play around. Um, so anyway, I just want to say I learned my lesson, everybody. I do not text Dan before the the final whistle sounds on any uh, Rams game. So uh, so first of all. I think probably our second show of the season, you and I discussed, you've tiptoeing. So if anybody doesn't know, Dan does the Assorted Goods podcast. Great podcast. It's 100 times better than this one. Sounds better, is better, better research, everything. I, I say that every time. It's a, It really is a great show for everybody. He kind of does. Sell, it. How, don't sell yourself short, Jeff. 
Uh, yeah, but here's the thing. I'm a sports podcaster. I understand I have a shelf life. Your your stuff will live on a little longer. Um, so we discussed a few, you know, early in the season about you delving into the world of sports. I've always encouraged it. I've always thought you'd be great at it because I know your passion for it. I know uh, your eye for it. You know what I mean? You're just the right guy. So you've done a couple now. Uh, the first one you did was on the concussion, you know, uh, issue in the NFL. And then a, a few weeks ago, you did something near and dear to my heart. You talked about the NIL. I don't even, I don't know how to explain it. Cause I never want to say it's a rule because it's not a rule. They essentially got rid of rules to let yeah. freedom take over. I, however you want to say it. So you did a show on the NIL and college football. I thought it was great. And, uh, you know, I told you I could probably do a two hour show on it, but what yep. I want to ask you, cause I know how much like I, you know, because, you know, just of our, Friendship. I think we call it a friendship at this point. Oh, like yeah. our, you know, I'm comfortable. The way, we talk, the way we talk back and forth. I know how much research you do. I know how much you sell out for these shows. And so I'm like, okay, I don't want to do two hours with it. Everybody <laughs> go to Assorted Goods and listen to this. It, it's really good. Um, who who did you interview, Dan? I forget. I forget the gentleman. Oh well, yeah, my, my guest know. for the show was uh was a lawyer named Bruce Siegel who yeah. has over 30 years of experience in in the fields of uh, sports and in uh, intellectual property rights. So I mean, he was he was a perfect perfect oh. guest to have. And honestly, I, I have to I have to shout out uh, Billy DeClerc, who does uh, a couple of podcasts of his own, uh, laying down the law. And he's also part of an improv uh, comedy podcast that I'm forgetting the name of right now. He was the guy who set me up with Bruce. Oh, and, shout and out to Billy. Yeah, Billy. Billy came through really big. He he knew I was into the nil stuff, so he he hit me up. So, uh, yeah, Bruce is Bruce is. I mean, he's a perfect guy to talk to. He's yeah. worked closely with the NCAA and and sports licensing over the years. He's he knows better than anybody. So, yeah, his expertise uh, uh, is definitely needed because I couldn't have done that one on my own. No, it was awesome. It was a great show. So I just limited myself to one question, and I basically right. yeah, I, I gave you a heads up. I kind of paraphrased it as this. Like the NIL is right now, we've all said this, it's the Wild West. Between the between the um, transfer portal and the NIL, college football is the Wild West right now. Yeah. What's awesome, though, is it, like you know, people get a little get their panties in a bunch. Um, it's been like 120 years of college football, and this is the first time the players have had any say in anything. So let's not get carried yeah. away with like it's Armageddon. Um, yeah. I understand as an Ohio State fan, like, oh, we don't want to lose what we had. Well, that's because what we had was some of the best free labor. Look, let me let me quickly allay any Ohio State fans' fears. Of all the people who are gonna that are gonna be shaken up by this, you're not one of them. You're you're in that class of people who is only gonna benefit. Your school is is one of the largest on earth. You will be yeah. you will be in the beneficiary department of this of this rule change. I would say. Yeah. So so all my Buckeye remix fans, all the Buckeye fans, put it these. But here's the question I had. Yeah. Everything right now is leaning towards the players. Like I say, again, for six months, this is how long the players have had any say in their lives and making money and selling yeah. cars or whatever they want to do. So what I ask you is, how are these schools, universities, the NCAA, whoever, the power, the guys that already had the money, how are right. they going to try and screw this up? How are they going to try and combat it? How are they going to try and take some the control back from these players like after everything was yeah. said and done something popped in your head and you're like here's going to be the counter here's going to be the counter attack well there has to be there has to be a pendulum swing back the other way the the first thing i think of is the sort of legal drafting of the documents that the players and the athletes signed the the letters of intent that they signed you know for for college football fans especially signing day is purely about 
you know, Photoshop edits of guys with their star ratings and their and all that and their <laughs> rankings and all that crap. And that's what it's probably about. But behind uh, a signing day is the signing of a of a legally binding document, the letter of intent. That is all the stipulations of the NCAA and what it means to be a college athlete. Things, you know, the ways you can get kicked out. The you know, it's your agreement to to join this organized sports. So I think the first place they'll probably start is to try to reword pieces of the the letters of intent that are signed between athletes and their schools. That's how they upheld the previous versions of name, image, and likeness rights, which were none for years, is through the LOIs. So the second way I would say that they're probably going to go for it is the most classic, I mean, as American as apple pie, which is that any billion-dollar industry is probably going to find a way to lobby the government to step in on their behalf because they are continuous. The NCAA continuously loses lawsuits for about a decade now. This is why the NIL rules are in place. Now they continuously challenge these. I mean, the whole reason that, that they got to where they are right now is because they won a lawsuit and then appealed it despite <laughs> winning to the Supreme court. And then the Supreme court unanimously hammered them back down into what we have now. So they got greedy and got screwed. They, that means to me that there are legal precedents that they're going to be able to get back to, but I don't think it's going to be that beneficial for them. I think it's changed now forever. It'll get rained in a bit. I don't think this unlimited anybody can do anything anywhere. Rules are going to stay, but probably lobbying the government and looking to sort of push a few votes on a subject or get a few <laughs> bills pr proposed in certain places and then maybe run it up the legal chain to the Supreme Court again. But that's a, it, they, they're going to have to come up with something either the, on, on the individual level or on the overarching legal level, which is kind of how they've already been boned as it is. So th those are the two avenues that I can see that they're going to maybe start chipping away at this. But to be honest, Jeff, I, I, I don't see it A, stopping for the athletes and B, going back. I think if anything, this is going to keep going until there's pretty much freedom of movement in college sports across the board which is crazy as someone that's uh it's that's grown up you know and in, in you know i live in ohio our first love is you know the high state buckeyes it's university yeah. sports it's college sports and to see to be old enough to see what's what's happened from start to finish yeah. like i can't believe where we're at now like the other day i see jackson smith and jigba on a our this we have a huge you know local car dealership here called right yeah. forward and in their arm and arm and literally yeah. doing what you know this always bugs me but it's water under the bridge like they're literally doing what we like accused programs mm -hmm. like miami alabama yeah. ohio state for doing for all these years it's a car dealer arm and arm yeah. with the that one of the best players on your football Eric team. Eric Dickerson's probably looking around right now, going, "What the fuck, man? Uh, what are you talking about? Like, he switched. It's, he was he was just ahead of the curve, evidently. Like, it's, it's yeah. yeah, you're right. It's all which is crazy. The last because, years of scandal go down the toilet. And if you go, uh, don't even get me started about scandal. Like, we yeah. we gave up what probably would have been a national championship contending team sure. because they traded tattoos or whatever. Traded yeah, their own merchandise for tattoos, but it's neither here nor there. So it, it, I thought it was a really great interview. Once again, we could like, I want to delve into this, but uh, that, that'd be all day. So we'll circle back around to it. Everybody, please go to assorted goods and listen to this. Every sports fan, listen, I'll re I'll make sure it's a, there's a link in the show and all that, but it's fascinating. The, the one thing that, the one thing that uh, you guys spoke of that, and I'll give you credit personally, this is the, you guys are the first that I heard this was, 
okay, so what happens when we get to the point where, like, okay, you want to pay players, but then what happens when a player doesn't perform, he basically gets right. fired. Nobody's thought about like a college, a college well, football player. Well, that's the league Wild West thing that you're talking about that we, yeah. we touched on. The, the fact is, is that right now it's pretty much a one-sided handing out of money that, yeah. you know, like an NFL team has a contract that's, again, another yeah. legally binding document with a lot of stipulations. There's not really that... The money is just sort of going from A to B, but there's not any sort of there's not a lot of legal binding sort of serious stuff in between them so far. So there's going to be a great it's sort of a middle period here where where that happens. And, yeah. and you're right. that If a team decides, I mean, Clemson didn't Clemson's quarterback right away get like a huge sponsorship deal before the season started because he's a Heisman Trophy favorite. And all that. And then he played like crap for most of the year. So mm-hmm. that that sponsor is probably going, you were supposed to be sitting right. in New York at the ceremony and you're struggling to hold on to your job right now. And, that, and that's what I said. So and I said, I here's what, like nobody knows this because I'm the only one that has. I wrote an article on this and it, I never I never did publish it on offtheballnetwork.com, by the way, offtheballnetwork.substack.com com by the way check that out so i never published this article but my final line of it was what happens when you know sketchers is more mm. important to a quarterback than nick saban and that and that's that's what i was bringing up and that sure. is where you know i i see i see not the downfall but that's when we're gonna have the transition because as soon as a coach is like get in there and a player's like ah eh, you know "Quote unquote shoe company doesn't think it's right for me to play this to to play against uh, Jackson State, right? That's finally we're gonna have the breakdown. But then, like we've talked about it several times, well, that's fine. Yeah. But then now you're gonna have a head coach that makes ten million dollars a year telling a player not that. Yeah, this is when it's finally everything's gonna come to a head. Yeah, that's that sort of the." The sort of w- the what if scenarios that people get hung up on of yeah. well, what's going to happen when this happens is, you know, just like in pro sports, you, they'll just cross that bridge when they come to it. You can't. Yes, exactly. Uh, you know, the, the the potential what ifs are, can't be a, can't be a detriment to to the good pieces of what's happening right now. So right. It, they'll figure that out if it happens, if it happens that way, if it comes to that. But it's not something that I think. Yeah. What I compare it to and neither one of us are old enough to like actually like remember it happening. It was when Kurt Flood fought for free agency in baseball. Yeah. yeah. That's the closest thing I cuz I can remember growing up like free agency is going to ruin the world. Right. You know, yeah. and it, and exactly what you said, well, it doesn't matter. It happened and if anything works. free agency was good for the sport. I, I you know, good for the sports and creating a a more more parity in most yeah. of them. I mean, baseball drops the ball because they have no salary cap and that's just stupid, but Yeah. In in leagues like the NFL, Free agency is one of the reasons why yeah. every team always has the opportunity. Everybody with cap has a chance to jump in. I think college, there is, and I don't ask me why because I can't get into details really, but I think there is a potential to maybe save parts of, of co- college football is centralizing itself for years now. There's really only five or six teams year yeah. after year who are championship worthy. And I think maybe this gives an opportunity for, I mean, the one of the number one recruits in the country went to a a, a lower division school when yeah. to play for Sanders. Why? Because NIL makes it. Yep. What's the difference between me making 50 grand at Jackson State versus making 50 grand at Ohio State, where yep. I get to be the guy down here and do something cool instead? I think there's actually a potential to to level the playing field and create a little more parity in college sports. 
So maybe I was wrong before what I said about Ohio State. Maybe you guys should be quaking a little bit. So <laughs> well, they they are. We'll stop. We'll stop it here because you made a great segue that I should have took on. But sorry, um, it's my fault. No, 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 no. I should no, I should have. But the the combination of the NIL happening with the same way as the transfer portal, that's what's really made it crazy because mm-hmm. schools can't threaten a kid. Because here's what's going to happen. A freshman's going to go to, you know, play for Deion Sanders, make his money. If he's good enough, then Ohio State's going to be like, well, hell, we got 30 people that can give you that money in an NIL. Yeah. Come yeah. play for the Buckeyes. So what we're going to see now is this, this – um period where young players are going to go one place the shifting of talents what's going we've never i remember i was watching the bottom line last week dan and quarterbacks from all over the country and college football are are changing teams and it's on the it's on the ticker i never dreamed in my life something like that would happen like we still have caleb williams out there like we're not 100 percent sure where he's going to play exactly jeff the transfer portal is just a weirder stupider name for free agency that's that's all it is and and and, you know and, and for honestly, what I was saying before, and I'm backtracking on telling you Ohio State fans is fine, and maybe people like Alabama and Clemson should watch out for this too, is, is what I'm saying is if you're, a, if you're a five-star prospect, for years it's been, I'm going to go to Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson. I'm going to go to the top, top, top schools because I want to play for a championship. And because if I win that job, I'm pretty much a top draft pick ready yeah. player, essentially. Now these guys can look around and go, I don't have to go to Ohio State to compete for a job with three other five-star players. I can go to a smaller school and start yep. for three, four years, make the same money I would have made there because of some local car dealer or whoever yep. wants to shell out the cash and a sponsorship. And and I'm going to make my own path. So, uh, yeah, parity may be in the future of college sports, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I, I, I think I it's think, great. Yeah, I think it's I great. Think I think... The last thing I'll say on this, I promise, this is actually the yeah, last thing I'll say I'm on done it, I lo- First of all, so everybody knows, I did this entire show to trick Dan into talking college football for a half an hour. <laughs> I'm fine with uh, that. Because he's such a – well, you're such a, uh, a an objective college football mind because if I interview somebody from the South, it's it's – they're skewed. If I interview somebody from Ohio, if I interview somebody from, but we can't have a conversation. I'm Canadian, I, you know, I'm by God. Canadian. No they don't even, a lot of people don't know this. No universities in Canada. A lot of people don't know it's that. True. It's I'm true. We just, we literally just, you know, we all sit around a campfire in the snow and, and that's how we all. But the go. last thing I'll say is this most recently, they had a chance to expand the college football playoffs. Yeah. And I stand by it that when they all got together in that room, they said, we can't expand the college football playoffs right now because the combination of the NIL and the combination of the transfer portal, we will have kids going everywhere. And all of these programs like Ohio State that make more money, Alabama, Alabama and Ohio State, like their TV ratings blow everybody out of the water. Like they are cash cows. There's no way that they're going to let anything even out until they can get their chunk. And I will stand by that the reason they didn't expand the playoffs was because if we expand the playoffs, it's over. It is over. Like this, you know, this team down here with one yeah. booster that has five million dollars to buy a yeah. quarterback all of a sudden cj strauss transferring to wh- whatever you know so and i and i and i'm sorry i have to say this one more point which is that for years we know that these teams have been paying players i mean it's just anybody who's out there who's like well this is a they've always been paying players it's just now you're allowed to do it openly which means that the teams with the resources to carry out some clandestine yeah. operation of of slipping people money now Everyone's got the chance to just walk up and hand guys cash at any yeah. school anywhere. Yep. So now it's it's more the teams at the top are probably thinking, shit, the gate the jig is up because we've had a 
we've cornered the market on on paying players, yeah. and now it's open season. So again, parity's probably coming to college sports. Their their rights are going to get even more expanded as they go. I don't see there anything wrong with anything unless you for some reason have nostalgia for you know college football yeah. as it is right now. But right. how different is it going to be, really? Well, I mean, I remember there's a lot of nostalgia about college football. Anyways, I also, we ought to, we ought to get I also to the remember pros. the I also remember the sixties when every all the black players from Texas had to go north. Yeah, um, exactly. So where does our nostalgia stop? Anyway, right. So speaking of five minutes ago, the NFL playoffs. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, be- before we get to the Rams report, okay. What is the, overall the wild card weekend? When I came out of it and I talked to fans and I talked to everybody and I look at Twitter, here's what I hear. Yeah. We we that was a terrible weekend yeah. and we didn't we don't we didn't need the expanded playoffs. So my question to you was, are there too many teams in the playoffs now? I think I think well, first of all, the wild card weekend was probably the worst one that I could remember in a long time. I, I don't really think there's too many teams because objectively, I'm not sure there's that much of a difference between six and seven. I mean, most of those teams tie if they're with their records or a game yeah. apart at worst. It, it's, you know, the one rule that I would really like them to implement, and I think every sport should have this, is that uh, any wild card team that finishes with a better record than the fourth place division team gets the home game. Like, okay. Arizona played the Rams because the NFC is stacked and the Rams did finish ahead of them, but that was a four five game. You know what I mean? That was, that was 12 wins versus 11 wins, but it could have easily been, you know, 11 wins going on the road, going on the road to play an eight win team, which is ridiculous. Ridiculous. So if they're going to expand the playoffs, they need to have some sort of countermeasure. I mean, I know nobody in America is even aware that there's a Canadian football league, but I will say that (laughs) there is a rule in the Canadian football league, although it's only a nine. uh, Sorry. I'm, fuzzy on it too. I think it's a nine team league right now and it's I think five and four but they've had a rule for years where if three teams from each side make the playoffs if I'm not mistaken and the rule was if the third place team in the one division was worse than the fourth place team in the other division then the third place team doesn't get in and the fourth place team from the other side league gets in and they just jump to the other side of the playoff bracket. They just move them over. So there's some sort of contingency if the NFL is going to keep it at seven. I think they need to put something in because this home away thing is there's going to wind up being a really, a really bad team. Like last, like yeah. last year, Washington got a home game. Yeah. <laughs> and they Stupid. were, they were awful. Tom Brady had to go to Washington and play right. after, you know, after winning, I, he probably won 12 games last year or 11. I, I can't remember offhand. Probably. You know, this yeah. all started with, you know, I'm sure you remember the earthquake game when uh, New yeah. Orleans had to go to Seattle to play. I remember how Seattle I got into the playoffs that year, which is eight and eight Seattle or seven and nine seven Seattle, and nine Seattle seven and nine. got in because they beat the Rams in the final. I knew it was going to come back to the Rams. Yeah. And, and that's right. And, and because the Rams blew that game, Seattle ended up hosting New Orleans and that's the famous beast quake run of Marshall. I'm Lynch. just so, curious. I'm just curious. Here's a little Rams trivia. I don't have sure. the slightest clue who the quarterback was for the Rams that day. Who do you think it was? I know exactly who it was. It was Sam Bradford's rookie season when he was still when he was still really Holy like an. Holy shit! I forgot. Sam he was Bradford. really up. Yeah, he was at. He was having a really good rookie season. He was rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year that year. So he was. No. We got down to having a chance in the playoffs last week of the season. Oh my god, this is pretty cool. New yeah. quarterback. He looks great. And then obviously, you know. Yeah. Now we're in the future, and we shout you know, out to Sam Bradford. He hung around for a minute. He tried, man, just badly. That was that was post Mark Bulger. 
He gave you guys a glimpse. He gave you guys oh, a you glimpse. Guys, you guys don't even know. I mean, for, for someone who questions how long I've been a Rams fan, people don't remember the years of death between Mark Bolger and Sam Bradford, where oh, we had rough. Kyle Chandler and, and not Kyle Chandler, the actor, Chris Chandler. <laughs> Chris Chandler, who was like 41 years old and literally couldn't complete a pass. Uh, Jeff Smoker. Um <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick for a brief period um, and when he was young and hadn't been. No, I forgot about. Teams. Uh, yeah, there were some dark, dark. Hey, shout out, hey, shout out to Tony Banks. Shout out to Tony oh, Banks. Pretty <laughs> Kurt Warner days, man. You're really going. Comer. Comer. <laughs> uh, dude, I remember the Jim Everett days. Like I, okay. I'm, I'm so old. It's ridiculous. I was, I was still yet to enter the world. I think at that point or yeah, close you, to it. Yeah. It would have been, Really, really close. Yeah, really close. Anyway, that's great. I just love going through like this. I I would have never guessed. And Sam Bradford, shout. Here's how funny it got. Because at one point we had Matt Stafford, we had Sam Bradford, Mm -hmm. then we had all these other quarterbacks coming out. So at one point we all just we called every like kind of below average white quarterback. We just called him Brad Sanford (laughs) because nobody would. If you would have said Brad Sanford right there, all my listeners uh, would have went. All my listeners would have went. That sounds right about it. Yeah, it sounds yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was a. I agree. It was a rough week. I thought the season was too long. If we're being honest, like, uh, yeah. it really, it really drug on. I'm not saying the games didn't matter, but it felt like teams were had a chance to say, okay, so there's up, there's two sides to this because I've always said a lot of people were like extend the season, like all injuries will get worse, and I yeah. also said, wait a minute, some guys will come back from injuries. You guys have one. Cam Akers might be the like I love Cam Akers. Yeah. Like he had, I mean, that week helped. Like that extra yeah, he time terrible against San Francisco. He looked he actually when he came back against San Francisco, yeah. he ran a few times that I thought, oh, he's just he he's a shell of his former yeah. self. He'll be, you know, this not I don't know what happened. I don't know what kind of you <laughs> know, secret stuff he had but during the week, but man, he looks he looks he better than he did before. He jumped off the screen last week, yeah. uh, so that's what I was told. But like, uh, sometimes guys come back. Like um, uh, Hopkins, you know, could have came back for like right. the, the Super Bowl or whatever. Uh, Derrick Henry might be back this week for the Titans. Yeah. So like, yeah. So there's not. But I just, as a whole, like, even me as a giant football fan, I'm like, okay. <laughs> Let's yeah. let's get this party going, people. Like, not only do we have more playoff teams, we got more games. We're really dragging this out. And I'll be the first one to cry as soon as Super Bowl's over. Y'all <laughs> see me on here doing a show. Like, I can't believe football's over. So that's all I got both sides of So all right, let's do the Rams report. This okay. is a good week to do it. Yeah. So I'll tell you my take on the Rams this week. I, I picked them to win. Picked them to win. I still think they're really, really good. I think Cooper Cup is worthy of I think he's going to finish third in the MVP voting. I really think yep. he should. I think he'll finish uh third behind the two quarterbacks between right. behind Rodgers and Brady. I thought he had a great season. Uh, it, it, it's amazing. I think the defense was as what I thought they should be. Von Miller has got a little better. Yeah. Uh, I think Stafford played a really good game the other night. I still don't even think it was like his best game. I think his I mean, you'll remember this. I think his best pass was an incompletion that the receiver <laughs> receiver didn't even catch. Yeah, Cam, Cam Akers didn't get his head around. It was Akers. It was Akers. But the guy hasn't played. So, mm-hmm. but he. But to me, I would rather have a quarterback that makes the right read and hits the guy in a helmet and he doesn't catch it to be like, okay, he's aware of what's going on around him. Right. Yeah. Everything is going great. And I said this about the Rams all season. 
the one thing that we don't want to happen is Green Bay get home field advantage. And that's what Green Bay did. So Green Bay did their job. But as of right now, as a Rams fan, I'm going to let you go a little bit. Okay. Because they looked good. Yeah. They, going forward. So, like, where are the Rams right now? What was your, what's your, where's your stock on the Rams right now? Uh, much higher than it was last week because uh, after that San Francisco game, I, I mean, I had lost faith. In, I, I lost faith in Sean McVay again, pretty badly. Again. When, you just, you and Sean Bay, you and Sean I mean, have a complicated relationship. Look, look uh, a, a, a National Football League head coach chest bumping his players in the end zone during a second quarter. Yeah. Okay, that's weird. I guess your biggest rival who you haven't beaten in three years was, well, I lost so many points in my head for, for him at that point. He coached <laughs> a hell of a game on Sunday, and so did Raheem Morris, the, the defensive coordinator. Yeah. I mean, part of that is the fact that the Cardinals and Kyler Murray, I mean, second half, Kyler, Cliff Kingsbury is a real thing now. We, we, we kind of nailed this Cardinals thing too, by the way. I think earlier in the season we may you have... want to go back and listen to me at Dan's episodes. We predicted this. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it seemed to be true. So, I mean, part of that maybe made them look better than they actually were. But offensively, when they run the game plan that they ran against Arizona, I, I actually don't know if there's anybody in the league who can beat them. Yeah. Because, especially if Cam Akers is the guy running the ball, because if you saw the way he exactly. was running, you, you start to wonder, geez, they went 12-5 and five without that guy. Can we imagine what their offense would have been like with him for the season? So, if they can run the ball, they ran the ball far more than they passed. Matt Stafford pretty much had to game manage, but made good throws when he needed to. That's the formula. Sean McVay is sort of pass happy. You know, he's from the we're, he's from my generation of playing Madden and airing it out. Like he's the kind of guy who needs to realize that that some of the best football they played all year is when they have have dominated the run game and and lengthened their possessions and and just held on to the ball and given their defense a chance to actually like sit back down and talk things out and, and get on the same page. The the team functions best when they're all firing on all sellers and they're playing, playing balanced football. So if they run the ball like that, I think they can beat anybody. Uh, but it's just a matter of whether or not they actually stick to that game plan because uh, there is, he, he Sean McVay is likely to go out against Tampa Bay and have Matt Stafford throw 55 passes as he is to do what just worked. So it, it just comes down to sort of game to day game day management. But I mean, the way they played against Arizona is is hard not to have faith well, a little bit. And here's what I'll say about McVeigh, and, and this is a, a positive and a negative. I think he also is a because you know you talked about it the the Madden syndrome. It feels like when he doesn't get five yards per carry, he abandons yeah. the run, and I Absolutely. think sometimes that's a mistake. He doesn't. Uh, he's from this generation of like, ah, oh, it's not working. Just you know, yeah. go away. I've and I get it because I'm sure that if you're if I'm standing there watching. Matthew Stafford throw the ball in practice. I'm like, yeah. why would we? Why would we ever yeah. not throw the ball? So, I think you nailed something there. So, I got a couple questions about the Rams season before we go into this game because this is sure. this is a big game. This is a divisional round against defending world champions against yeah. the greatest player that ever played. At where are you at and satisfaction level with the Rams? Like expectations to now, where are you at? Probably exactly where I expected them to be, which is weird to say as a Rams fan after de a decade and a half of just despair. But at the start of the season, after last season, I mean, here's uh, here's the thing: we're at the exact same point we were at last year with well, that's, with Jared. That's going to be my follow-up question. That's that's the thing. This is this is the game we were bouncing last year. I mean, it was Green Bay in Green Bay, and they yeah. played 
decently well. Like we didn't, they, the Rams didn't get blown Stafford out because of that game, Dan. Let's just talk. But they oh, got Stafford because they got of Stafford because game. of the previous two years of Jared Goff, really. Yeah. And that that, game that was, was the game that they yeah. win that game with Stafford. Like they just win it with Stafford. Yeah. Oh, I mean that's what I mean. It was it was a competitive game, and our quarterback had a broken thumb on his throwing hand. So that's a good point. To be in, in fairness to Goff, like he 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 yeah. was legit. In, actually. Yeah. I think golf played as good as he could in that game with his hand, like going back. I don't want to sound like I'm piling on he him, beat, but yeah, I, you know, Jared Goff will always have a soft spot because he beat Seattle at Seattle with a broken and hand. And he went to the Super Bowl. Like, and I'm sorry, he you, Super Bowl sorry and you he, lost a Super Bowl that I haven't been in since 1984. I would love nothing more than to see the sad Detroit Lions franchise and sad Jared Goff's career come together to find real success together. And Dan Campbell's great too so i was a I real wish, canadian in you because uh, no no american football i'm very close to detroit like i'm very close to detroit i've been there a few times and the people have always been lovely to me so i i, I have to i have to hope for the best for them but um yeah you know the, it's this game coming up is is tough to wrap my head this around is a it, little. man this is it yeah as yeah, a college, that, like I'm a Brady. college football fan, we put we put a we put a ceiling on our teams that like yeah. we have to get there. Like the, you don't have to like if they don't win this game, they had the same season. That's hard yes. to take. Yeah, with a yeah. better team. I mean, there's you know I'm not trying to put Which, pressure on you. I'm oh, just hey, no, that's, but that's why I say that that this game comes down to coaching essentially, and there's great coaching in this game. You know, there's. You yeah. got Bruce Arians is I'm not a big fan of him, but he's got a super. Bowl I was right gonna now. say let's let's be easy. I know. I think, but I, but Byron Leftwich, awesome guy to drink beers with. I don't know, of course. But the, we're we're gonna see Byron Leftwich versus Raheem Morris. You know, the, oh, there the, you the, go. Tampa Bay's offense versus the Rams defense is both guys are in head coach consideration. Byron Leftwich for the Jacksonville job to me just seems like the most obvious no brainer in the history of no brainers, right. but. It's it's a showcase for both of them, basically. Who's who's gonna who's gonna outscheme the other guy is is I think a pretty meaningful matchup in its own way. So here's yeah, here's here's what I see. And like I want to go farther than like I don't put this all on Stafford. I think Stafford I think as to this point, Stafford's at just even. Like I had to yeah. do this. I won because unfortunately in the NFL we erase the wins. Like you won twelve games. That's pretty hard in a really, really good division. And a pretty good NFC. The Rams didn't. So Stafford's done his part. This game is, here's what I saw last year. Tampa Bay plays Kansas City at the Super Bowl. Tampa Bay goes, you know, basically cover for shell defense. They get all this credit for shutting Mahomes down. I've watched the tape a hundred times. It wasn't that as complicated as everybody says. They They have really good players on the field, but... It wasn't. It wasn't the uh, the eighty five Bears like they made it out to be. Right. But if, if I'm McVeigh, I think this is this is all on Sean McVeigh. This game. I don't think it's on Stafford. I don't think it's on anybody except McVeigh. Like, wait a minute. They couldn't. They couldn't solve this defense last year. Yeah. You know, nine months ago. It, it's not that complicated. I have to be able to come up with something, and it's not going to be till the, probably the. Because uh, right now Tampa Bay's linebackers are playing really well, so Acres yep. is gonna it's good. They're gonna it's gonna be a feeling out process that first quarter. That second quarter, McVay's got to be like, okay, here's the hole, here's the hole, here's the hole. Like, don't run into their linebackers. Like, I got you got to start recognizing blitzes and and all of these things. So to me, this game is about Sean McVay proving like why yeah. he's a genius. 
Well, this this is what I'm saying before about the run game and, and, and the fact that they've been significantly better when they're more run heavy than pass happy is exactly that. And Tampa Bay is a team that their offense thrives when they can run the ball, right? So giving Sean McVay calling the offense, offense has to control the game with the run game in order to give his defense a chance to have the wind to shut down Tampa Bay's run game. Because if you shut down Tampa Bay's run game and you force Brady to go back there, he's he's not... He's Brady, but he's also playing without Godwin, without Antonio Brown. Yes. You know, it's going to be a case of matching up. I mean, are the, are anybody not named Evans and Gronkowski going to do enough to make an impact for Tampa Bay's offense? And if and on the Rams side of the ball, they've got to control the game to keep their defense fresh. And and the way you take those linebackers out of it is they run a really effective inside zone game. These guys are fast. If you try these, you know, jet sweeps and stuff, that's what Kansas City got got boned with which exactly that they're all we're very fast and tampa bay said that's fine we have big guys <laughs> who can too. match that so to beat them on the inside with an inside in with the inside zone run game which is what cam Akers is really good at and sony michelle traps those linebackers in awkward spots and creates seems to get to get productive running and then from there you open up your pass game but it's controlling the game calling a game offensively by mcveigh that gives his offense a chance to control time of his time of possession and just and just take the air out of the ball so that his defense cannot, you know, every time the Rams have lost this year, there's been these like 12 play eight minute drives by the other team that his defense just gives up over and over again. So limiting those, it, it comes down to coaching and, and, and controlling the time of possession. I, I think that's going to be the difference. You can't give Brady that many chances to score because he'll he'll do it yeah. eventually. And I, and I said this too. Uh, so I, I I work at uh, in my hospital. I work with a Rams fan. So uh, uh, he's he, he he loves it. And he's he's fun to talk about. He's pretty knowledgeable. So I see him today, and I'm like, hey man, I got a show tonight uh, with Dan. I'm like, what's your keys? And that's the first thing he brought up. He's like, mm-hmm. uh, I was like, man, they're down. I was like, if they can control Evans, and he's like, ah man, Gronk, you know, Gronk's yep. the problem. So I'm going to ask you because he didn't really know either. Like. What's who's who's the answer to Gronk, or is it or is it just as simple as a? I don't watch the Rams enough to know what they yeah. do in the in the back end on defense. Like I'll just admit that right up here, just because. Well, I the back time. end is complicated because and, and you're, right you're now, without you're without Fuller. Yeah, Jordan Fuller is is one of the most important players on the team. He, but nobody knows who he is, despite the fact that he's really vital. So uh, without him. It's going to be tough, but I don't think I don't think the Rams have anybody who match up well against tight ends this year. There, there's been a couple of emerging players. Number thirty-two, Traven Howard, who's who's playing middle linebacker. He's getting he's getting reps. He's kind of a hybrid safety linebacker in oh, place that favorite, sort of role. My favorite That's position. What, yeah, he played great and he graded out very very well against Arizona. So uh, if we get the the one middle linebacker, Ernest Jones, back from injury, it's a rookie who's played exceptional. He's sneaky good in the past game, and Traven Howard's very fast in the past game. They're going to have to bracket coverage Gronk and probably match Ramsey up, Ramsey up on Evans, even though he's not a man island corner anymore in this defense. But it, it it's I don't know. They have nobody who can stop Gronk singular matchup wise. Like they, they can't man anybody on him. So it's going to have to be some sort of high low bracket coverage, uh, safety help with a guy like uh, Traven Howard covering him, oh. but. I mean, they've got guys who can do it. It's whether or not Raheem Morris can scheme something that doesn't leave, you know, Scotty Miller burning them for a touchdown. That's what I was going to say. Like that, I worry. You know? I worry so much about 
like people have tried to bracket coverage Tom Brady for 20 years and it just yep. he, that's I mean Wes Walker's made a made a living off of it like yeah. all these guys made a living off of it it's a that's a tough matchup like that's the that's the one so I'm gonna, I got one bonus question yeah uh, before we move on here so um, if you could pick one defensive player from Rams history Ooh. to play in this game that would that that to make a difference who would it be Easy. That's a great question. Uh, I think that might he, be one of the greatest questions I've ever asked. Easy because I've thought about it already in the last few months. Wait a minute. Why? Have you, and right now, I just thought about this two seconds ago. I think You've I saw somebody tweet something in that vein. I, once, and I was I like, promise it's just occurred to me. Uh, right now, and, and applicable to the situation of, of the Rams right now, the guy I would put on that team is Aeneas Williams from, from the 99 oh, and All of Fame safety. Ball hawk guy guy yeah. was all over the one field. Of the best. Thought, one of the best. Right now, if we could drag and drop any guy from history, I'd fill that horribly Aeneas injured spot with Aeneas Williams, a Hall of Famer, and and be confident that that the front four Aaron Donald's either going to sack the quarterback or he's going to panic and throw it to a Hall of Fame safety who's going to run it back for a touchdown. Oh that's man, there were so many options. I mean, I was going back as far as like Deacon Jones, but that's the right answer. No, we that's don't need pass right rush. I'm filling. I'm filling a hole. I'm going for I, need I, right here. No, no, that that was the right answer. I was thinking middle linebacker. Um, okay, honorable mention is London Fletcher. Thank you, thank you. That, and I just named the, two players, by the way, who two fan bases would be like, "He's not yours." Oh, Arizona yeah. fans would be so mad about Aeneas Williams, and and Washington fans would be very upset. About okay, so Fletcher. I will agree with the Arizona fans. I mean, I will see their point. True. I think I I see him as, but London Fletcher's a Ram. Like it's it's done. I mean, he spent like care. ten years in Washington, and he spent about I don't four care. with the Rams. I do. But not you're care. right. We drafted him. He won the Super Bowl with us. I do and, not care. And he, and he played you know. for a, a small school here in Ohio. Um, I get the last say. Go. I get the hey, I get the right. deciding vote on London you get Fletcher, jurisdiction. my absolute favorite defensive player of all time. So highly underrated. So I don't want I don't want a final score. I don't want a prediction. I just want like how with like how it, when after I watch the Rams versus Buccaneers. How will I feel afterwards? What will I say about the game? I think you'll be satisfied with the game, and and I know you don't want a score prediction, but to tell oh, you, the you truth, can give it to me. I, just I am, wanna... I am, I am perpetually. I'd never believe that my team's going to win, even when they're good. Even last week, I thought they were bound to choke, even though the Cardinals have been on a monumental collapse. Yeah, but I actually think the Rams do win this game. I think Tom Brady's greatest weakness is a is a really good front four. And the Rams have a really good front. I, that's what I said to my guy and Derek today. I said, I just think that I just think that I think at the end of this game, you're going to say Brady is Brady, but I think the Rams are, are, are as advertised as they should have been advertised from about the midpoint of the seasons onward. I think the Rams are, are hitting their stride. I actually think losing to the Niners in that embarrassing fashion in the last week of the season might actually do them good to be humbled in, in, in a horrible way. But I, I I just think they match up really well. Yeah. The only caveat I'll drop is the only way they really look like crap in this game is if Sean McVay starts calling a pass play on every down. I, again, I That's go it. back to I think it's all. I just wrote down the time that we said this, the timestamp, okay. okay. so I can I can put this out there okay. as a universe. I am prepared to be wrong. Yeah. So. No, I don't think you're wrong. So uh, <laughs> okay. that and that's here's 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 what I told Derek today. I said, this is the game. No matter, I, I know all the great games that Donald's had over the years and blah, blah, blah. This is the game that he can be like, I'm going to go out here 
This is going to be my Hall of Fame game. I'm going to, he needs I'm, a legacy game. Yeah. Michael Strahan did that in the 07 Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Michael Strahan ruined Brady's life, and he's yeah. a legend forever now. All the good yeah. games he had. I think every Donald playoffs, this week. every playoffs, this, the, the team that teams that go to the Super Bowl winning it is a, is a whole yep. different thing. But the teams that make a run, their best players and, go on legendary tears yes. of, of, and, of turning it on. You know, and you got Donald, and you got Von Miller, who knows how to do yep. it. Also, did the same thing already. So Von Miller's got like five sacks in the last six games. So oh, I mean, yeah. people people have not been aware that he's settling back into into form. He, he like. really has settled in. So uh, shout yeah. We didn't even get into OBJ, who has become a viable part of the Rams. I'll just say really team. quick, everybody's narrative on him. How do you feel about OBJ? Uh, well, everyone's this. narrative about him is is proven to be pretty stupidly wrong. Myself included. I didn't like. I wasn't crazy about the movie either, and I'm a, I was mostly a believer in the rumors about him. Anyway, completely untrue. I mean, the guy is bought completely into Rams receiving room. Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, especially, are very, very unselfish players. You can't enter that oh. room without it. He's fit into that role perfectly. His efficiency in the last few games when he's targeted is through the roof. He's he's not complaining about targets, but he's getting meaningful targets anyway. You know, he's catching four passes a game for fifty yards and a touchdown, and he's happy to do that. So I I, I think he's fit in and exceeded all expectations. I think for for what people thought he would be going. There. Well, let's just let's just say this. We took a we took a what everybody called a diva selfish wide receiver. Yeah, he literally went to play with the, a wide receiver that, by a lot of accounts, had the greatest season yeah. in the history of NFL football, and seems to fit in. Like that says he's, a lot. Of, he was it, the fact that he was constantly rooting for Cooper Cup to break all the records. He was not. He was happy to to take three targets a game if it meant his buddy here was going to break some records. He was very yeah. he's bought into the team oriented thing. Which again, I uh, you're right. I have a complicated relationship with Sean McVay, but uh, there's something to be said about the yeah. way he's. Uh, I mean, Ramsey, OBJ, you know, all these guys have come in here with questions around them, and and you know, Leonard Floyd was a guy people weren't sure of. Dante Fowler a few years ago when he got there, and Dominican Sue when they went to the Super Bowl, they've had you know problem players on the roster since McVay's yeah. been there, and there's been zero issues. So it may, it, it kind of may brings up the question like, are these other teams creating these problem players? But it's neither here nor there because right, that's but it, and here's another episode, and, so. and as and as on the field stuff, I think the way I think the Buccaneers defensive weakness is to the, to the sidelines. Um, mm. And I think Stafford with the arm strength and with cup, the cup play cup runs the, the, the sideline routes as good as anybody in football. Yes. OBJ is the same thing. I think that's the difference in the game. If you stick to the yeah. middle of the field with their safeties, you're in trouble. Well, the extra uh, yards too. I mean, cup is cup is arguably the best yards yeah. after catch guy. Yeah. I mean, as to where, as to where the Rams you know, we'll have trouble defending the middle of the field. I think yes. the I think the Buccaneers have trouble with the edges, and I think Stafford has the arm strength. Assuming it's not a tsunami or something, roll in. Uh, so I, I have the Rams winning. I have the Rams winning, not just a close one, but like, oh my god, I can't believe that really? happened. That happened. Really? Again. Yeah. Okay. I really. I see this being. I'm picking a one score outcome. Uh, I'm thinking like I'm thinking like 21 or something like that. So yeah, me too. I'm picking like a two point outcome either way. I have no idea how it's going to go. It might be a missed field goal. It might be a fumble. Who knows? So 
All right, that was that was awesome. I love that. I just want to talk about old Rams players forever. Oh, by the way, shout out re- revenge game. Shout out uh, Matt Gay, the Rams kicker, who's who's been one of the best kickers of football this year. Cut by there the cut by the Bucks. Uh, I think before the there Super Bowl go. run. So hopefully there's a little reve- a kicker revenge game if that's the thing. Uh, <laughs> that's that would be great. See all these storylines. There you go. How it goes. All right, so let's let's stick to the NFC, and we'll go through the rest. Of the, we'll okay. go through the rest of the games. They obviously were not as passionate as we are about the Rams, but that's why I have you on so we can do the Rams report. Right. But um, so the the other NFC game is the 49ers go to the Packers. Kind of yeah. an old, and this is a kind of a classic. Every now and then happens playoff rivalry. Green Bay didn't play last week. 49ers. I don't. I don't even know if I, they looked good against Dallas. Uh, I think the 49ers, in my opinion, have kind of hit that this is as good as we thought we could be. We need something to go our way. I have no idea what the weather is going to be. I'll just assume in mid-January it's going to be shitty in Green Bay. I don't know. I don't even know who that favors. I think think the Packers are better, but I also think Mm. if, 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 if Fred Warner's ankle is okay. Yes. If if it's not this, I, I don't even think it's close. I don't even think it's close. I, I don't know how they stop Aaron Jones without him. Essentially, yeah. I think without I think without Warner, like that was the worst thing that happened to me last week. Uh, mm. Was when he comes up limp, and I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. One of my favorite players. To I watch. thought it was a worse injury than than when he was grabbing his knee at first, and then they said it was his ankle, and I thought, okay, that's yeah. But uh, I'm it still like he was done. Yeah, yeah. I'm still nervous. He was trying to warm up the whole thing or whatever. Yeah. So this is a cool game. It's gonna be eight fifteen at night. I mean, it's going to be cold. Like, even if it's a warm day, it's a warm day in Green Bay. Oh, yeah. But this is what the Packers played for. They wanted home field advantage. They wanted you to, you know, have to come to this, the frozen tundra or whatever. So, as we sit here right now, I've I've got the Packers by, I've got the, okay, well, however the score winds up, I think the 49ers at the end of this game need like a quick score. Maybe an onside. Yeah, kick. that's that's how so, I'm feeling about it. So what am I calling it? Nine points? I think I'm calling it like a nine yeah. point game, Packers. That's pretty much the, I'm I'm in the same boat as you. I think it's I think it's a game where the 49ers are gonna hang around and make it really interesting for about three quarters, but I just I, I don't know if they're gonna be able to go sixty minutes. I think you're it's the same thing. I think it's gonna be about a ten point finish in the end in that sort of area. I just don't think they they're you know, Green Bay's defense is incredibly underrated. The whole focus on that team is Devontae Adams and, and Aaron oh, of course. and Aaron Jones. That defense has really picked it up, and they've had a few guys step into roles this year that have completely changed their defense. I don't know. It, to me, it's two really good defenses who are both strong and good in areas that can exploit the other team. But when it, when you get down to that, the answer in the end is basically quarterback versus quarterback Yeah. in that case. Which quarterback is going to overcome the good defense on the other side of the field? And, I mean, if you're talking Garoppolo versus Rodgers, it's, you know... You're, you, it's very difficult to force Rodgers to turn the ball over. So if you can't generate That's turnovers and you're going to go drive to drive with, with Garoppolo versus Rodgers, you, you think maybe San Francisco runs the ball well and controls the game and, and is plays physical like they always do. Debo's going to make plays because he seemingly can't help himself oh. make big plays. But I think 60-minute-wise, by the fourth mid-fourth quarter, you're going to be going exactly like you said. San Francisco needs to score. They need to get an onside kick. They need something quick. Yeah, that's what I think. It's going to come down to they need. I think it's going to. I don't think San Francisco gets embarrassed, but I think it comes down no. to where 
they're going to ask something from Garoppolo that I do I don't I don't know that he has. I think the do you Packers, think they go with Trey Lance? Do you think there's a point of the game where where Shanahan goes this season's on the line? What do I have to lose? And this dude's gone no. anyway. Do you think you go screw it? He gives an element of of you know that's the Kaepernick story from years ago, right? That that he looked at it and went, this guy's got an element that that this defense isn't prepared that was horrible, for. though. It's uh, Shan- well, I know Shanny's Shanny's got a Shanny's got, a mixed bag, you know. I don't know. I think with Garoppolo, like we assume he's leaving this year. I, I you know what? I'd have to look at the contract and everything to know who benefits more by Garoppolo getting embarrassed. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, th- that would be the point. I the way I see basically. Because it's football, we all we always deny this. The way I see San Francisco yeah. winning is like Devontae Adams has a sprained ankle. Aaron Rodgers gets a gets tackled on the frozen turf and gets a shoulder sting. Like that's what changes yeah. these games. Like we all act like again, like you referred to earlier in the show, it's Madden. Like these guys yeah. are playing in really cold weather. They haven't played for a week. The first tackle of the game could hurts. Yeah. 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 Rogers pulls a hamstring. It's a different game. Like that's the truth of it. I think that's honestly what it takes. I think it takes something to happen to green Bay for, or as has happened to Aaron Rodgers in the past, somebody on the team because playoff football boils your team down to every individual element, you know, every, every punt, every kick, every return, you know, unless green Bay's return guy, you know, drops Mm. a couple of punts or something like, San Francisco is going to need to find a way. If San Francisco San Francisco relies on trying to make Aaron Rodgers make mistakes, they're they're yep. done. They need they a, need to find somebody else there. They yeah. need to force a mistake somewhere else in that yep. roster. They need an extra them. score. They need a they need Best. a sudden they need a sudden yeah they need it they need score. to they need a you know force fumble on a punt to give them the ball yeah. you know in Green Bay's end they need or just so, something they need dumb. to help a, a ball yeah. skips off a helmet return for a yeah. touchdown like what's happening something, here something they like need that. an extra point. So I'll ask you right now, like since we're done with the NFC, uh, yep. I got to ask you. You got Devonte Adams in Green Bay. Yep. You got Cooper Cup, Rams. Oh, oh no. Who do you who who do you draft tomorrow? Um, you can only just, pick one. I I actually mean this. I mean this genuinely. Cooper Cup is my probably currently my favorite player in the NFL. Yeah. Okay. Straight up, I was a huge fan of him being drafted by the Rams. He was a guy that even before oh, we drafted great. him, There's, I thought, "Oh my God, this kid looks that. great." I hope the he's Rams amazing. get him. He, I love him, but but despite the year he's had, I still think Devontae Adams is one of the most brilliant technicians of. of it, I played it's, with it's him when I played football. The guy, the guy's understanding of space and body movement is is it otherworldly. Is Not to mention the shit he pulled against the Rams when we played them. Uh, yeah. Should have pissed me off, but I actually, I mean, he's, he's pointing at our corner going, who's this guy before the snap and then going, throw it to me deep. And Aaron Rodgers goes, okay, wings it to him deep for a 60 yard gain. And he turns around and goes, I don't know who this guy is. Why is he covering me? And I thought he's so right. And, and I appreciate that. So I would grab the Adams, honestly, I honestly think if you switch the two, they have similar seasons. I I think in the system, Oh man, plays in that system. I really don't think there's, I, that's why different guys. I mean, they're asked to do different things. You know, Cooper cup is, is more versatile in, in the way he sort of moves around the field. But Devontae Adams is a pure wide receiver. Devontae Adams. In the first five yards from the line of scrimmage is is one of, is 
I think he's, he's so the best. Good. I think he's by far the best. I think um, he's by far the best. Yeah, I think he's the best phone booth guy at receiver in, in this there, generation. You know what? Let me write this. He is, write every this time down. somebody gets near minutes, him, phone booth guy. He's a ghost. I mean, he's a ghost. It's in, unbelievable. A person gets near him running a route, and yeah. it's it's like chasing a wisp, wisp of cloud. Like yeah, incredible. I said that earlier. Uh, Ohio State has a guy, Garrett Wilson. He's going to the pros now. Yeah. And uh, we were, uh, we, High State was on the five-yard line, and he runs a fade route from the five-yard line. And not only did he get open, he was wide open from yeah. the five. I'm like, and that's Adams, that's what he reminds me of. They're running yeah. hard, man, and they just, yeah. he's. I'm not comparing their, like, what they have to do to each other. I'm just, I, I think that's, I think they're, as of today, they're the two, they're two best. Sure. I mean, yeah, absolutely. So we'll jump over the AFC here. It's not near as exciting. Um, but uh, let's see. The first game is the Bengals at Titans. Uh, yeah. This looks like it's Saturday. Um, yeah. I have no idea how I feel about this game. I think the Titans having a week off hurt hurts them only because Vrabel, I think, is a just a – a rhythm guy and a week to week guy and a feel it out guy. But what I'll say about the Titans, they're the one of the few teams this year. We talked about pad and stats earlier. The mm-hmm. Titans have actually beat a lot of decent teams. They've had a, yeah. some bad losses. They fought through the, the Henry injury. Uh, they just find a way on both sides of the ball to kind of figure it out. Uh, so the Titans are a really good team. And yet everybody in America and Canada is like, I have no idea who starts for the Titans. Like, honestly, nobody knows anything about the Titans that they're 12 and five and they're the one seed in the NFC. Yeah. You got the Bengals first playoff win in over 30 years. Uh, you know, you got the kid burrow, they got chase, like everything is going right. But you know, last week's game, I mean, okay, here's so here's what you're going into the game on. We beat Las Vegas. Well, a lot of teams beat Las Vegas. So, yeah, you know, it's up and down there. So I've got, I've got the Titans just winning this game just be, basically because the the players on our team just know how to win a game. Does that yeah. make any sense? Yes. So it'll be they'll win by eight, but yet it won't be close. It'd be the opposite of the you know the Rams Buccaneers game, you know, kind of how we talked about. So I've got the Titans winning by eight points and a kind of a kind of a dull game. And Cincinnati goes home like great season. What do you think? Yeah. I, I agree. I think Cincinnati has vastly exceeded their expectations, and and I would be very scared of them in the future. Burrow to Chase looks like it's oh. gonna, it's going to change the record books for for quite a long time. Uh, I mean, those guys those guys have a have a symbiotic mental connection that that is indescribable. That just isn't something you can scheme or think up. They they're on the same page. Uh, this game is is actually the game between like my two best friends teams. Uh, my buddy Chico is a is a Bengals friend, and my shout my out fucking, to Chico. Fucking a co-host Matt is a lifelong Titans fan. So the two of them, they're 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 feeling kind of somber because one of them's going to be miserable after this weekend. But uh, I, I agree with you. The 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 two things to watch, and I'm stealing this from them, um, is because you know obviously I get I, I go for my inside sources. Uh, the Titans front four. Disrupting Joe Burrow, that's a matchup that that if their their defensive line crushed, you know Matt Stafford when when they played. And, and the Cincinnati line is not great. Yes, Cincinnati line is not, not great. They the give flip. up the most sacks in the league. Exactly, but on the flip, Tennessee's corners are really suspect, and and that leaves an opening for Jamar Chase, and I think also the the guy who's been lost in the shuffle there, T Higgins, who's 
a great player. Oh, yeah. uh, those two guys, those two guys could explore the corner. So if Cincinnati can protect Joe Burrow and give him the time to to find his guys, Tennessee's in trouble. But if Tennessee yeah, that's gets a huge home, if. Tennessee gets home, they can throw them completely off their game. But it, it it's we just going to come down to the it's, it's going to come down to that essentially. I think I think the. I think the passing game of the Bengals versus the, the, the pass defense of the Titans is what's going to decide it. What what if supposedly Henry's back and healthy? Well, if, if from what I know, the, the the efficiency numbers and their output of their offense, they're like the Brooklyn Nets. They when they have Henry, Julio Jones, uh, and AJ Brown on the field all at once, they're through the roof offense efficiency wise. But those three guys are never on the field. Again. That never happens. Never happens. So if those three guys are on the field, then you get the chance to see what the you know the Instagram posts were all about in the preseason. This dangerous offense. Well, can can we say this? And and I was you know I led the charge of uh, the the 2021 Titans weren't going to be you know the Tecmo Raiders. Right. Can we can we all just look back now and go? It they weren't like Julio Jones like because here's what I said Tennessee had a great offense last year their numbers were were so yeah. awesome and this summer they get Julio and they're like oh they're gonna be unstoppable and I'm like well if they get better that means they're gonna be the greatest offense anybody's ever seen so yeah. if you say that out loud that never made sense so I just want to look back and be like it wasn't the greatest offense we ever saw. Well, it's a little like the Rams, you know, like what would the team have been if all three of those guys have been able to play a full right. season of offense? I, I think at least a couple of their wins or a couple of their losses flipped to wins. And I mean, we're talking about a team that was first place in the AFC. So if if they can if they can figure that out on the fly, essentially this week, which is a huge and, ask, then I don't know if they're one of the anything to stop that. And the Titans are one of these teams like we've saw this so many years in the NFL. Like you just keep fighting, and like this year you do. Yeah. I don't. You remember how it used to never be? Never out like, of a game. They're yeah, never you, out. Of a game. You would you would win a wild card game, then the next year lose the next you know the divisional round, and the next year you yeah. won two rain, then you lost the the championship, and then you won a Super Bowl. It was like oh, it takes you like four or five years to get there. Even Dallas did that. Like a lot of people don't remember, like yeah. the great Dallas Cowboys teams lost a wild card game before they went on to be how many so the Chiefs make the playoffs. You exactly. Know, so are the are the Chiefs yeah. and Titans just destined to meet in the AFC Championship game? Because the Titans at this point, they know they know how to handle the extra week. They yeah. know they know the extra intensity. Just blah 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 blah. They have every single advantage. I just I don't see Cincinnati coming in yeah. after a team that hasn't done this in 31 years to but I'm not saying they can't. Well, I, I think I got it. The one thing about that Bengals game last week is I thought they played about 15 to 20 good minutes of football. And then the Raiders basically just obliterated their own feet for the rest That's of the game. That's what I hear. If I the mean, Raiders played halfway decent, they should have won that game by a yeah, score and a half or so. But full disclosure, I was in the middle of a so storm and I was working. Yeah. All I know about that game is through highlights. And everybody tells me that, like, no, it wasn't a good game. It was a close no. game. It wasn't a good game. So I mean, uh, holding on the holding offense was was I heard I don't know if I've ever heard it that many times in a playoff game. Oakland consistently would get 20 yards and then lose 10 going back the other way. It was it was I that's what I mean about the Bengals. I'm not sure the Bengals are gonna be able to match up with a, an experienced playoff yeah. team like and I think I think you know they were going up against an upstart sort of we're happy to be here Raiders team and now they're going yeah. against a team that's we, 
third third crack third real good crack at a championship yeah. and they're serious about it so it's I, a veteran I, team. I and we, well we saw it last year with the eagles they go into tampa bay like that kind of situation so yeah i agree i think the i think the titans got this one but um you know yeah. good job Bengals, and we'll see i mean again a sprained ankle yeah. uh, uh so, i mean what do i know you know yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know well, who knows? <laughs> so so then the late game, and this is what we all assumed with the AFC championship game. It hasn't, it's kind of been weird. So you got the Bills at the Chiefs. Uh, they're going to Kansas City, 6.30 on uh, Sunday night. And it's, it's a weird game because both of these teams, as good as they are, we expect them to be back here, not mm-hmm. this level. We expect them to be in the AFC championship game. Right. They both had midseason lulls. And the you know, you and I talked about it. You can go back to our show. I guarantee we did a show to where the Chiefs were like probably below five hundred. Like, what's wrong? Where yeah. or the Bills, like uh, the Bills lost a few in a row. Like, ah, oh, what's wrong with Josh Allen? And then and then late season, Chiefs take off. Yeah. And then last week, I think we should talk about this first. Did Josh right. Allen play one of the best games in NFL history? I, he he certainly he certainly did everything right. I mean, for oh the my whole game. That yeah, he that's. I mean, that is a player playing at the highest possible level that he's capable of playing of. You'd have to imagine. I mean, if Josh Allen plays that way four games in a row, yeah, the Bills are going to win the Super Bowl. But yeah. not many people play to the absolute peak no. of their potential every single week. So you know, it's that's that that's was the unreal, watching, right? You know. Yeah, that's how I say. It. So I love this game. I can't. I cannot wait. Like I just cannot wait. Yeah. This is one of these games. Like I do a lot of, you know, with the podcast. I do a lot of like analyzing and sitting back. And sometimes I'll just tell the guys like at Off the Ball Network, shout out. I'll yeah. just say I'm just going to watch this game and enenjoy it, guys. And then I'll I'll, I'll worry about I'll worry about the replay it's, afterwards. I'll talk about it afterwards. Yeah, yeah, this is the game. Like, I'm just going to sit back and enjoy it. Stephon Diggs last year, standing and watching them celebrate their AFC championship. Yes. This is, that was a bold move to do, by the way. I don't, I don't know if Bill, I... This is was very, the game Buffalo's been waiting for for 12 months. Bills have to win this game. Yeah, uh, We talked about the Rams earlier. I think the Rams, I think McVay needs to win this week. I think the Bills have to win this week, or it's another... I'll just say it's a failure. Like, it's... you, you Sure. You, if the Bills don't win this week, it's a failure. And the Chiefs, I think, would say the same thing because you can't hang on to that Super Bowl win for, you know, forever. That that'll yeah. get to, that'll get a team in trouble too. So both both teams have everything at stake. Right. Both teams have everything in place to win this game. So X's and O's wise, I think quarterback wise, Allen has a slight advantage. I, over the Chiefs defense, I think the Chiefs defense is they, okay. they they take away they really aggressive on the short stuff, so they're great against average quarterbacks. Um, when they when you get past that, I don't know the pass rush is all right, but the the Chiefs defense, you know, their defensive line. If if Allen decides to just like roll out of the pocket. I they don't have the linebackers. That's, they don't have you're, you're they don't dead have the on front seven to chase him. And, and but you're dead him. on about they're good. They're good in sort of the the lower third of the field. But yeah. But the way that Josh Allen extends plays and the way he ro- he throws on the run and and can just flick the wrist for a forty yard game. Yeah. Their back end defense is is what could kill them. Yeah. Is players getting behind them? Uh, Isaiah McKenzie, I believe his name is for mm-hmm. Buffalo, is I think maybe one of the most important players in this entire oh, game. One of the most uh, surprising players in the league right now. 
Yeah, but here's the thing. I was thinking, actually, while you're talking about that, I remember us saying two things about each of these teams back early in the season when they were both struggling a little bit. And uh, we said that for Kansas City, their issue was that they had their, their whole big play offense had been solved and they needed to figure out new ways to move the ball. They've done that. They figured that out. <laughs> they sure like did. Got a lot of underneath. They've got a lot of screens, a lot of misdirection. Jarek McKinnon's turning into a, a really good player for them out of the backfield, too. Uh, and the Bills, we said they desperately had to figure out some way to run the football effectively, and they seem yeah. to have done that as well. So th- these are two offenses that have fixed seemingly what was yeah. ailing them. So you're right. It, it comes down to, I think this one comes down to which defense is capable of hanging with the other team the whole time. Yeah. I think Buffalo's back-end safeties will keep Kansas City from being able to do what they really, truly like to do, which is take the top off. I mean, Hyde and Jordan Poirier arguably one of the best safety combos in the entire league and incredibly underrated both of them as well. So I, I'm, I, I agree with you. I think, I think the back ends of these defenses, both quarterbacks can exploit them, but one of them's got a much better matchup than the other. Yeah. I, I, in this game, I'll do full disclosure. I've got, I've got the bills. I've just got the bills winning it. I mean, honestly, if you had to give me a point spread, I might give you minus one. Like I really don't think, it's going to be decided till the end. I think Josh Allen is just all year. I've watched him, even the bad games. He, it wasn't because of him. Yeah. Um, we've seen, I, it, it's so hard to explain because it's hard to say that I saw Mahomes exposed in the Super Bowl and Allen didn't make it to a Super Bowl. Yeah. So, but that, but as of this year, I think Allen has just kind of figured it out a little bit. I think his running ability is, I think Holmes has settled into that 500 million. And I don't yeah. think Mahomes is going to try to exploit, you know, the the run. Just like we saw Aaron Rodgers last year, like he goes to the Super Bowl if he just like puts his head down and runs. Yeah, like, just, I'll, I'll just say it. And he's an Elway, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, there you go. I will I say, think, I, I, I think, think go I think ahead. Allen's yeah. at Elway level. I think. Oh, yeah, just yeah, nailed yeah. It. I think Allen is at that point to where he's like, I. I understand. That's a scary that I, sight, Jeff. That's that's a six I, foot six, two hundred forty yep. pound guy who runs that, right at you. I mean, whoa! I think he takes advantage of it, and I think he, I think he wins this game. I, I really do. I think the Chiefs win it, and the only reason I do is I think the difference in this game, as much as as much as I think the Bills have the back end of the defense, and totally can see them winning this game easily. I think, I think home field is actually the difference this time. I think if this game was being played in Buffalo, I'd be saying Bills all the way. I think that being in Kansas City is going to rattle them just enough to give Kansas City. I mean, Kansas City is a team that will score yeah. continuously. And Kelsey is rejuvenated. We were, yeah. you oh, and I, I trashed Kelsey. Him. I know. You and I trashed Kelsey. I traded him away in fantasy football. I trashed him so hard. He's, I mean, he's, so, he's so good. Um, yeah. I think, I think this is similar to the. I think it would have been three years ago now when um, Mahomes loses to uh, Tom Brady at the end of the game, you know, when, yeah. when Brady's last Super Bowl in New England. I think that's the kind of game. It's like when it's over, I don't really feel like we'll think a team blew it or got blown out or whatever. I think sure. we'll be like, wow, that other guy is is, is really good. I, I hope we're so. not talking about the refs. That's, <laughs> that's good enough for Great me. Great point. I can't even do that anymore. Uh, that. <laughs> 
that's that's all we hear. It's all we hear. And by the way, Dallas, you were lucky to even get a shot at the end of that game. I I, I don't even I didn't even want to dignify Can I put myself. myself on record with with my with my. Opinion let's do this. Let's do this. We're, uh, we're think, done with the predictions. Okay, let's go through the predictions. I think the so. call at the end of the Dallas game to run the ball up the middle was a brilliant play call, poorly executed by the Cowboys. I don't know how the hell. Every player I ever see in a hurry-up situation immediately looks for the ref and hands him the ball, as every guy knows to do. And yeah. Dak Prescott forgot to do the most yeah. important thing. His center and they, grabbed the ball. And then their center boxes the ref out and knocks him half over. Yeah. It was it was it was the I perfect think that's called call. coaching, Dan. I think it's I, I, what I mean. And Mike McCarthy said that. He said that's the thing you can't forget. He shouldn't have forgot to do that. And and it's Everyone being like, why would you do that? I'm like, because the, the odds of a of a pass interference or, a, or all that stuff, you know, chucking a ball from the 50 a couple times, terrible, terribly bad odds. But I agreed with Mike McCarthy. Taking a shot with one shot from the 25 is better than two shots from the 50 by miles, by absolute miles. You can get zip on the ball into a window and a guy just has to pin it to his chest from the 25-yard line. So I think it was a great play call. You know, San Francisco had all their guys literally standing on the sideline and left the wide open middle of the field. They just they just botched it. Every guy should have been bang right on the line, ready to go. Ball to the ref, down, snap in two seconds left in the game. It was possible. They blew it. We should have got a play. So I'm damn I'm disappointed that the last thing you said was give Dallas any credit for anything, <laughs> even though you you made a you made a valid point out of it. Yeah, and, uh, I, I can't argue with it. I'm just uh, I'm just going to go like uh, it's their own damn fault that they were even in that position. I mean, their own. Yeah. Fault. I read a great piece today on somebody on Twitter said today that uh, or sorry, Troy Aikman's quote today about CeeDee Lamb, the you know, the idea that he got targeted once or had one catch when they were playing soft coverage on oh, them, this whole idea, like this whole thing. Troy Aikman said, he said, if this was back in my day with Michael Irvin and I saw a corner playing soft coverage, I would just throw the ball in his area and watch yeah. him watch him be a better pro than the other guy. So I mean Dallas is it's Dallas's terrible coaching that got them in that scenario. Oh absolutely. And and then and then they had a brief moment of kind of a really interesting I think smart play call to save their season. It was so close to being smart. And then their franchise quarterback completely missed, you know, yeah. forgot to tie his shoes at the end. It was just it was yeah. terrible. So a funny thing is the stat I heard this week, Tom Brady has thrown as many touchdowns since the age of 40 as Troy Aikman did his entire career. Wow, different. <laughs> that puts, different football world. is different, man. Yeah. Uh, but you know who's not different? Me and Dan. That was great, man. I enjoyed it. Again, everyone go listen to Assorted Goods. Uh, even if you're a sports fan, I, you'll listen. I, here's a, it's a gateway. You'll listen to the NIL stuff. You'll listen to concussion stuff. And the next thing you'll know, you'll, you'll be going on and on because Dan does his homework and uh, really, really puts out an informed show. And it's, it, it's a, uh, it's it's a credit. It's a credit to you, Dan, of, of of how good that thing is, bro. Well, thank you, Jeff. I I appreciate it. It's very kind of you. So I I mean I hope anybody who wants to give it a try. I mean, you, people for sports fans, you should know. I, I sports was my I I should just be doing sports content. You like, probably should. I'm a I'm a ridiculously over the top obnoxious sports person, but I I. I just my my content game, I guess to call it. Don't do it, Dan. Don't fall into this. Don't fall into it. it. But it's just something completely different. I know. We did. So, we just did. We just did an hour and fourteen minutes of awesome show, and it's going to be deleted. See how breezy that was. See how breezy that was. Three days. You know, I put so much work into that show that that you know it it's so painstaking, and then but I can do I can do 
seven hours of talking football if you want me to do it. So I might be in the wrong field. That was awesome. So, uh, you know, everybody, everybody check Dan's show out. Uh, I'll put his, I'll put his link in the notes, or whatever. Again, Dan, thanks so much. Um, I don't know, maybe, maybe a Super Bowl preview. We have two weeks before the Super Bowl, bro. We're like, we got to uh, do something. Hey, look, if they're in, I'll be here. I mean, just if nothing else, then to, then to just, you know, be high on the emotional, you know, <laughs> spike well, that I, we know I can't text you again until like Monday <laughs> or, no. or I guess, I guess, uh, Sunday night, uh, Sunday afternoon, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll see I, how that goes. I hope it's all good. I hope it's all good. So, uh, thanks Absolutely. everybody. It's Jeff Feed sports, uh, check out off the ball for everything. Everybody's doing enjoy the playoffs, enjoy football, and, uh, we will see you soon.